Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God, we thank you. Thank you, God, for the, for the gift of Jesus and that we get to use his name. Thank you, Father, for the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we love you. And just like the song said, we give our lives to you right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew, I'm already crying because of that song. <laughs> um, well, I want to start out by saying thank you to Pastors Eric and Michelle for letting me come and speak today. And also thank you uh, to many people in this church for um, supporting me. Um, I just could not, I couldn't do what I do without you. Um, and you can be seated. <laughs> Um, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Emily Davis, and I'm a missionary. I went to church here for my whole life, like Pastor Eric said, and I moved away about three years ago to be a part of Global Ventures. Um, and in just a little bit, we're going to show a picture of the founders of the ministry. Um, Global Ventures is a ministry that was founded about it was founded 21 years ago, and um, since since the beginning of this ministry, they've seen over 2 million salvations, and um, it's just amazing to be part of this ministry. Um, it's amazing to be trained by Brother John and Miss Martine and by many other leaders in this ministry. Um, and I want to show this picture before I move on because I want to show them honor. So that's Brother John and Miss Martine, and this is actually at our last crusade in the Philippines this year. Um, if you want to go to the next picture, um, this is a picture that I took in Bangladesh this year. Um, so at the ministry, I'm, I have a, a, a role in our creative department. I take pictures and videos for us when we're overseas. Um, if you want to go to the next one, um, this is another picture that I've taken, and um, it's just an honor to, to do this um, for God and with Global Ventures. Um, whenever I was in high school, I said that I wanted to take pictures and videos because I know God had given me this talent, um, but I also wanted to be a missionary. I knew I was supposed to be a missionary, and now that I'm going to do exactly that. Um, so, yes, I'm I'm honored, and I'm so thankful that I get to do this, but I also, um, even more than taking pictures and videos overseas, I love to share the gospel with people who have never heard before. I love to share it boldly in the streets and schools and the markets. Um, and this next video is from one of our crusades in Bangladesh. Um, there are thousands of people there who were Muslims and Hindu, and they, I know for sure that they had never heard, most of them had never heard the gospel before. Um, so if you want to play that video. And the eternal spirit leaves their body. They go to heaven to live with God. And in heaven there's peace and joy forever. So I think it's awesome that um, I get to do that, share the gospel in front of thousands of people. It's just, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I, in the time that I've been with Global Ventures, I've been able to go to seven different countries and preach the gospel. And just in this year, I've gone to four countries. I went to Thailand, Honduras, Bangladesh, and the Philippines. Um, and I want to show you another video. Um, this is a recap of this whole year. And while this video is playing, I want you to know and think about this, that you had a part in making all of this happen.
So you had a part in that. You had a part in all those people hearing the gospel. I'm going to tell you those stats again because they went by so quickly. Um, but just in this year, just in 2019, 234,763 people heard the gospel. Um, most of those people, a lot of those people for the very first time. Um, there's 198,537 salvations. And um, there's 7,446 healings. And those are only from the people that we personally interview. Um, we do, we do uh, prayers where we, uh, we pray for everyone in the crowd. And um, these are just from the people that we got to personally speak to. So we know that there's way more than that who actually got healed. Um, and then we were also able to hand out 323 water filters. And um, sometimes that's a matter of life and death for some people. Um, we also give them out to churches, and um, that causes people to come to the church to get water. Um, and we, uh, we were also able to hand out 128,615 pieces of gospel literature to new believers. And um, yeah. And that's follow-up material where, um, you know, in schools that we go to, we hand out these books that have the whole story of the gospel in it. And um, these children take these books to their houses, and, that, and then the whole family gets to hear about the gospel. So um, we also were able to work alongside 100, more than 100 churches on the ground while we were in these countries. And um, just working with fellow believers in another country is amazing. So thank you, Pastors Eric and Michelle, and thank you, everyone here in the church, for being a part of making that possible. Um, yeah, so I also, um, Pastor Eric has given me permission to speak about some things that are on my heart for, for you all. And, um, you know, in just, in just three more days, we begin a new decade. We begin a new year, 2020. And um, for most of you, this is the last service that you're going to hear in this year. So I want this message to really stick with you, and I don't want it to just be a pat on the back kind of service. I want I want this to, I don't you know, just be a challenge to you, and I want it to come up in your mind. Um, so as the church, as believers, God has specific assignments for each and every one of our lives. We weren't designed to just wake up eat some good food, go to work, and go to sleep. Um, all of those things are necessary, and I'm thankful for good food, but we weren't designed to just live a normal life. A normal life for Christians should look like Jesus lived. Um, yeah, Jesus. if Jesus is our standard, then that should be our normal. Um, I want us to go to John 14, 12, um, and today we are not, we're not able to show verses on the screen because uh, my laptop is hooked up to the projector. So um, you're just going to have to listen to me. Um, so uh, we are designed to live boldly for God, telling people who he is and what he has done for all of us. We have been designed to raise up godly families who train our children to live their lives for God. And we are designed to lift others up and help them pursue a life with God. Uh, I believe that 2020 is a year for Christians to live unapolo unapologetically for God. I believe that 2020 is a year where Christians rise up and start living like Jesus, the example we are given to follow. And you know what? The Bible even says that we are made to do even greater works than what Jesus did while he was on the earth. So in John 14, starting in verse 12, it says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, Anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name as my representative. This I will do, so the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name as my representative, I will do it. So everything in the Bible is true, right? Yes. So that means that if we believe in Christ as our Savior, we can do greater things than he did when he was on this earth. That means that we can heal the sick, like the paralyzed man who, when Jesus said, um, son, your sins are forgiven, he got up 
or Jesus told him to get up, take his bed that he was laying on, that he came in on, and go. And that man, he walked, he got up and he walked away completely well. We were made to do things like that and even greater. That also means that we can meet people in public places and tell them things only God knows about them and see their whole lives change. Just like Jesus with the woman at the well. Um, you can read that story in John 4. It doesn't say that the woman told anything. It doesn't say that the woman told Jesus about her life. Jesus knew. Um, in verse, uh, John 4, verse 16, Jesus told her, um, Go, call your husband and come back. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you don't have a husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you, are, you have now is not your husband. Um, what you have just said is quite true. And I'm not saying to condemn people. That's not what Jesus was doing here. But um, what he said to her was something that she didn't share with him. And I believe that there are words of knowledge that we are supposed to be telling people. Um, we are supposed to listen to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us. And, um, you know, after Jesus shared that with her, she knew that he was true, that he was legit. <laughs> and uh, then that woman, she ran back to the other Samaritans and told them about Jesus. And he, she told them, this man, he told me things that I had never told anyone. And um, he, uh, these works and even greater works than these are what we're supposed to do. Um, I want to give you two challenges for the new year. The first one is to grow. Will you show the next slide? Grow. Um, grow in your relationship with God. When I minister overseas, and even here in the U.S., I tell people that Christianity is not about um, religion. It's about a relationship with God. And I uh, know most of you have heard that before, um, but a lot of people don't know that. They think that it's just, you know, you hear um, you ask Jesus to come into your heart, and then you just go to heaven, and that's it. It's just a um, ticket to get out of hell. But that's not all that um, that's not all that Jesus died for us for. He died so that you could live with Him on the earth. You, he died so that you could live for Him. Um, he wants to help you through temptations, through struggles, loss, and He wants to give you joy, hope, and peace that passes all understanding. Um, and when I say grow in your relationship with God, I'm not saying that by reading the Bible and by praying that that's going to make God love you more because he already loves you more than you could ever imagine. Um, but it will cause you to fall more in love with him. And it will cause you to look in the, at yourself in the mirror and say, I am loved. I have been bought with a price. And, um, you know, it'll say, make you say, I am accepted in the beloved. Um, so, if you can, turn to John, 1 John 3.20. Um, one of the main things that stops us from growing is condemnation, depression, or even guilt. Um, even when we've asked for forgiveness, or even if there's been a lengthy amount of time between the bad thing that happened, um, it can still pop up in our minds and cause us to stop growing. So, I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. It's... First John, starting in uh, chapter 3, verse 20. Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience, and he knows everything that there is to know about us. My delightfully loved friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, we have a bold freedom to speak face to face with God. And whatever we ask of him, we receive because we keep his commands. And by our beautiful intentions, we continue to do what brings pleasure to him. So we never have to worry if we are accepted by God. Even if our hearts condemn us, um, we don't have to worry about being condemned by God. Um, in the footnotes of my Bible, it says this about verse 20. There is a higher courtroom for the human heart. It is where grace is enthroned. The very worst that is in us is known by God, and he still showers mercy love, and acceptance on, upon us. This is the greatness of God's grace. He sees beyond the sin of a moment and sees the holy affections of love in those who refuse to turn away from him. Um, that's something to rejoice about and be thankful for. Um, another thing that stops us from growing are weeds in our life. 
Um, a plant cannot flourish if there are weeds around it, if the owner doesn't pull the weeds out from around it. They could even be, um, we could even be watering the plant and giving it enough sunlight, but if there's weeds around the plant, it's not going to receive the nourishment that you're giving it. The weeds are eventually going to um, choke the plant and the plant's going to die. And so that's the same way with us. Um, You could be attempting to feed your spirit good things, like reading the Bible um, or by praying um, or listening to sermons and by preachers and podcasts, but uh, if you you won't flourish unless you decide to cut the weeds out of your life. Um, One weed in my life is my phone. Um, And honestly, sometimes I choose to spend more time with my phone than I do with God or God's Word. And, um, you know, I've realized that it's so easy to get something into you when you meditate on it. Um, Lately, I mean, we got Disney Plus, or we've been uh, watching Disney Plus a good bit, our family, since I've been here. And we we were watching Hannah Montana. And um, since, I mean, we watched that a lot when I was growing up. And it's crazy. We were watching episodes, and I can say what they're about to say before they say it. And, like, it's been years since I've watched those episodes, and um, I still remember it. So, you know, if we feed ourselves with the Word, if we feed ourselves with uh, what God says about us, when trials and uh, temptations come up, we can say what the Bible says about that situation. Um, when, I was, when I was in Bangladesh this year, um, I was on the pre-trip, which is where we set up for the rest of the... Um, for the ministry week, for the team to get there. And we had some extra time in some of the mornings, and, um, you know, it gave, me, it gave me more time to spend time with God. And um, something in my relationship with God shifted. I was stuck in um, First John, and I want to cry, or I don't want to cry, but I feel like I'm going to about this, just because, um, whew, you know, it's crazy when you realize that Man, what am I even trying to say? It's crazy when you realize that, um, you know, God has given us this, his word. He's given us tools to help us with our, in our lives. And um, it's so easy to just open up this book and read what God has to tell us. And um, he wants to help you. He wants to, um, he wants to give you advice. So in, in Bangladesh, um, First John was just, it just kept on coming up in my head. So I read that the whole time I was there. And uh, I don't want to talk about the situation that came up, but um, a situation came up, and without even thinking, my in my mind, verses from that uh, chapter, from that book of the Bible came up, and it's like, wow, God, so all I have to do is read this and meditate on it, and it's going to make my life so much easier because I know what to do. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, instead of... Instead of uh, fixing our eyes or meditating on petty things like, um, you know, social media or or the news or other things, we need to spend time in God's Word and uh, listen to what God has to say about us. Um, For some people, it might not be cell phones or social media. It could be procrastination. It could be busyness. Um, It could be addiction to something or several, several other things. And uh, this is what the Bible has to say about that. In Ephesians 4.22, it says, Strip yourselves from your former nature. Put off and discard your old, unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. And put on the new nature, the regenerate self, created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. So put off your old self and continue growing by constantly renewing your mind with the word. Um, the second challenge I want to give you is go. Yeah. Um, what, what good is growing if we're not going? Um, God didn't call us to just stay in our prayer closets and um, just think about going. And uh, Pastor Eric even touched on this a little bit earlier about, um, you know, we're not just, we're not called to just um, stay here. We're called to do something about 
the uh, about the lost. Um, so a lot of times when the Great Commission is brought up, fear and excuses automatically come up. And I want to bring up three myths about going. And I want to tell you what the Bible share, says about them. And uh, I'm going to get a tissue real quick because my nose is running. By telling you all of this, I don't want to sound like I'm condemning you because that's not what I want to do. Um, I just, I've had the privilege of being at Global Ventures and being in the internship where they, everything we do is revolved around the harvest. So um, I understand if you don't know this yet um, or if you haven't been reminded about it lately. So the first myth is I am not qualified. If you want to uh, put the next word up there. Yeah. So a lot of people think they're not qualified because they didn't go to Bible school or they're not a missionary. Um, maybe there's something in your past that's holding you back or, um, you know, it could be anything. But uh, in the same story of Jesus with the woman at the well, it tells of a woman who, was, who seemed completely unqualified, but she was greatly used by God. So I want to read the story again in First John 4. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. And I'm actually, I'm going to read all the way from 1 through 29 right now, just so we can get the full story. Um, actually, I'm going to start in verse 5. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the village that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph, long ago. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well, he sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, Why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus replied, If you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink, and I would give to you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket, and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestors, or uh, Jacob, who dug this well and drank it for himself, along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, If you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. The woman replied, let me drink this, that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to, drink, to draw water. Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. But I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said, for you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who is not your husband. You have told the truth. The woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me this, why do our fathers worship God here on this nearby mountain, but your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship, which is right? Jesus responded, believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. And I'm getting to where I'm trying to go. <laughs> the woman said, this is also confusing, but I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you are looking for. At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. Yet none of them dared to ask him why or what they were discussing. All at once, the woman dropped her water jar and ran off to her village and told everyone, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the, he could be the anointed one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to go see Jesus. And I also want to read verse uh, 39. Um, so there were many from the Samaritan village who became believers in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. 
And then they begged Jesus to stay with them, so he stayed there for two days, resulting in many more coming to faith in him because of his teachings. So the point I want to make from this story is that um, this woman, she did not seem qualified at all. Um, I mean, she had, she was not married. Jesus knew that she had had five husbands. And, uh, you know, but it just took one encounter with Jesus. Um, it, and it wasn't, it wasn't three years in Bible school. And it wasn't um, however many years in church either. She didn't grow up hearing about Jesus. It was just this one encounter with Jesus at the well. So, you know, if you think you're not qualified, just think about that story. Um, The woman at the well didn't seem qualified, but she went back to the other Samaritans. She told them what Jesus told her, and as a result, so many people came to Christ. Um, Yeah, so the woman... uh, This can be your story, too. Um, And I want to point out another myth. Myth number two is I don't have the means or the money. Um, If you are giving, this is what I believe, and uh, I've seen it to be true, too. If you are giving with the intention of bringing others to Christ, God is not going to let you run out of supply. And I'm going to say that one more time. If you are giving with the intention of bringing others to Christ, God is not going to let you run out of supply. Um, and it's crazy because I was going to use Philippians 4, and whenever you said it this morning during offering, I was like, well, he just used what I wanted to use. (laughs) But um, it's so true, though. Uh, And John 4, um, I'm sorry, wait, Philippians 4, it says that God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And just like Pastor Eric said, most of the time we take that out of context and um, but just because we're a Christian um, doesn't mean that God's going to supply all our needs. It means that you know because we are giving towards something, um, that's whenever all of our needs become supplied. Um, so I want to read that passage again in uh, Philippians four fifteen through nineteen. Paul wrote this to the church, and you Philippians know that in the early days of preaching the gospel. After I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek this gift itself, but I do seek the profit which it increases to your heavenly account, the blessing which is accumulating for you. For I have received everything in full and more. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me. They are the fragrant aroma of an offering, an acceptable sacrifice, which God welcomes and which he delights. And my God will liberally supply, fill until full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The reason that all their needs would be supplied is because of their giving. Um, their, their receiving was directly tied to the harvest. Um, and... I want you to know that uh, this church is just like the church that um, that Paul was writing to, um, because y'all are y'all are the only church right now that supports me, which is really um, which is really cool. I want you to know that um, you're very special. Um, I don't know if many of you know, but um, I needed a little bit more than three hundred dollars to pay off the rest of my Philippines trip. Um, whew, sorry. And uh, it literally had to be paid um, right then. And uh, um, Pastor Michelle sent me a text that said that uh, y'all wanted to give towards my trip. And she gave me an amount. And um, it was literally what I needed for the rest of my trip. So thank you. And uh, so, yeah. the reason that their other needs would be supplied is because they were directly giving towards the harvest. Um, and another myth, myth number three, is I don't have the time. Um, so many of us say that we don't have the time to reach out to other people. And um, even I have the tendency to say that too. Um, it might not seem that I'm that busy because I'm still young, um, but I, I am pretty busy a lot of the time. Um, when I'm in Tulsa... Whenever I'm not in my internship, I also work as a waitress at a restaurant. And um, 
If anyone's ever worked in the food business, you know that after you're done with your shift, you don't really feel like talking to people anymore. Uh, you've been on your feet for many hours, and you're hungry, and most of the time all I want to do is go home and eat, suffer, and go to bed. Um, but uh, one time I had recently been listening to a podcast by Todd White, and it was about taking time to uh, taking the time to reach out to others, not just walking by them. And uh, so... Uh, there's a gas station right beside my restaurant that I usually go to and um, if I need gas. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was supposed to go in and talk to the cashier who was at the register, but I didn't want to. I just wanted to pay with my card and get it over with and just go home. But um, the, this feeling wouldn't go away inside of me. So um, I went inside and... I got to know him a little bit, and come to find out, he he's an atheist, and um, I guess uh, some things have happened to him, and he doesn't believe in God, but he let me pray with him, and um, every time I would go in, I would check up on him and uh, talk with him some more, and as of today, he is off of certain medication that he t- had to take. Um, he's no longer having seizures, and he also stopped smoking. So, yes, hallelujah, I believe that he's going to believe in God. Um, after, seeing, after seeing such a change in his life, I don't see how he can't believe in God. So um, I'm looking forward to the day when he tells me that he's ready to receive Jesus. Um, yeah, and uh, there's another story um, I want to share. Uh, there was a time in this year where I was doing a challenge uh, just by myself about sharing or telling someone that Jesus loves them five days in a row. So just I wanted to tell one person a day for five days that Jesus loves them. And um, that might not seem that hard to do, but um, I'm naturally not a talkative person, um, especially because I grew up with two sisters. And uh, so I didn't, I didn't talk a whole lot growing up, I guess. <laughs> um, but... So, but it doesn't hurt you to get out of your shell and talk to people. This is what we were made to do. So, um, this was in March of last year, March the 7th, that I wrote down in this notebook about this encounter. Um, it's very detailed, so it might be even funny. Um, okay, so, I knew I had to do that this time when I went to the gas station at my Reesers in Catoosa, Oklahoma. Reesers is a, a store kind of like Winn-Dixie here, or Piggly Wiggly. Um, her name is Rebecca. She has brown hair and freckles and is beautiful. We paid. Uh, we said hello, and I gave her $17 for pump number nine. I said thank you and thought about leaving because another customer was ready to pay. But I told her I needed to tell her something after he was done. Um, all she said was okay. And I'm glad, so glad she didn't look weirded out by what I said. Um, when he was done paying, I walked back up to the counter and said... I wanted to tell you that God loves you. Uh, He wanted me to tell you that. I don't know if you knew that or not. And she asked, you said God? I said, yeah, did you know that already? She said, yes, thank you for saying that with a smile on her face. And I said, so you're a Christian? She said, yes. And I said, great, well, I'm a missionary. I'm actually training to be one right now. And I love praying for people. Is there anything I can pray for you for? Are you going through anything? Or do you have any sickness in your body? And she said, no, I'm not personally going through anything, but I have a friend who is. And I said, okay, yeah, I can pray for her. What's wrong? And then she said, she's going through a breakup. And then I put, here's the good part. And uh, she said, and I don't know why I'm crying right now. Um, It's just amazing. When you start to talk to people about Jesus, it brings out emotions inside of them. Even if they are uh, closed off to you at first, um, you planted a seed and... um, it's the seed of Jesus, and that's not going to go away. So um, I was like, it's okay, after she cried. And uh, she said, I just hate seeing her like this. I don't even know if you pray for things like that. And um, I told her, I'll pray for her. God cares about things like that, and he cares about our hearts and how we feel. Is it okay if we pray right now? And she said, sure. So my prayer went something like, God, I thank you for... And I had to look up at her name tag, Rebecca. And for her friendship with, what's your friend's name? She said, Lauren. And um, then I started back. God, I thank you for how much Rebecca cares about her friend, Lauren. And I ask you to, um, I asked her if she was a Christian. She said yes. And I said, I ask you to comfort her friend at this time and just 
Um, overwhelm her with your love. Help Rebecca comfort Lauren, too, and give her the right words to say to her. I asked, said some other things, too, but I just don't remember them. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, thank you for doing that, she said with a smile and uh, the last bit of tears in her eyes. You're welcome. And then she said, well, have a good night. And I said, thanks, you too. I said, I'm sure I'll see you again because I come in here all the time. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyways, I wrote on here um, the takeaway that I got. I got back to the gas pump and felt like I was floating because God allowed me to do that. Um, earlier this day, I prayed for boldness for my future and for God to make me aware of the opportunities around me. I felt like God said, um, I gave you the boldness. Now here's your opportunity and go. Um, so that's just, it's a simple story, but it can just, I want to give this example because it can be something simple as that. I don't know the impact that that had on that girl. Um, she could have been going through something herself and just not wanted to tell me. Um, it could have saved her friend from being depressed. Um, you know, when you're depressed, you have suicidal thoughts. So it could have saved her from even something like that. So you never know the impact you have on someone when you just, uh, when you're bold and you go up to them and share Jesus with them. Um, I want to show the next picture up here. Um, most of you might have seen this on Facebook, um, but this is from my last mission trip to the Philippines. And this, his name is Oligon Lok. Low cop. I'm pretty sure I'm not saying that right. I don't know how to pronounce things in their language yet, but um, that's what I, uh, he typed that in my phone. That's his name. So um, I met him when I was in the Philippines, and we were just on the streets ministering, and um, we weren't doing a presentation right, right then, but I knew that I was supposed to talk to him. So I went up to him, got to know him a little bit, and uh, he, most people in the Philippines speak English, which was pretty nice. And um, come to find out, he was 84 years old, and he said that his, um, he was pagan because his parents were pagan. And I told him, you know, just because your parents are pagan doesn't mean that you have to be. Um, just because someone in your family believes in something doesn't mean you have to. So, um, and uh, I told him that, um, you know, I went through the whole gospel with him, that Jesus died on the cross for him. And um, he said, well... I asked him if he wanted to receive Jesus. He said, I will at the right time. And I said, this is the right time. I came all the way from the U.S. to the Philippines. I didn't know that I was going to be speaking to you right now, but God knew I was going to be speaking to you. And so this is the right time. Um, God loves you so much, and he wants you to receive him. And um, he said that he believed what we shared about Jesus. And right then, uh, right in this little space right here, he prayed with us and asked Jesus to come into his heart. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, now is the time to harvest. There are still um, 3.1 billion people who are unreached, who um, don't know about Jesus yet. And uh, that's just a crazy number if you think about it. Um, 3.1 billion, that's a bunch of people. That's a, billions of people. Um, if we go back to the story of the woman at the well, Jesus said this while the woman was going back to tell her town about um, Jesus. And uh, John 4, 28, um, it says, The woman then left her water pot, went to the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I, that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? <clears throat> then they went out of the city and came to him. In the, um, in the meantime, the disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said unto them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, There are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he, he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Uh, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Um, so that passage says, the look up, lift up your eyes. Um, it can't get any more clear than that. 
Just, just look, at, look at the world around you. Look at the people around you. Um, take the time to slow down and look at the people around you. Um, just the other day, me and Daddy were in, uh, in Walmart in Clinton, and um, we wanted to purposefully help someone out. Um, and you know, we, we went in there with the intention of blessing someone. And uh, I saw this um, girl, and um, I wasn't really planning on sharing this, but I guess I will. Um, but um, I don't really want to share her name because someone might know her and everything, but um, she, she was young, and um, she, she said she was having a difficult time right now. Uh, and a lot of times when you approach people, they don't really know what, you, what you're going to say, um, but you know, that's okay. It's good to get out of your comfort. And um, so anyways, I asked her how she was doing. She said, okay, and that it, her life was difficult right now. And I said, well, I wanted to give you this, and I gave her a gift card to Walmart. And um, she said that this was going to really help. And um, she started talking to me more. She said that she was actually homeless and that she was trying to buy gifts for people and that um, uh, she didn't know how she was going to do it, but this this was going to help. Um, but she let me pray with her, and she wound up crying. And, um, you know, there's people even in the Clanton Walmart that you can speak to. Um, so, yeah. I want to close with this message. I want to close this message with uh, this passage. Um, I read this the last time that I was here, the last time that I spoke in August. Um, and But it's just such a good verse or good passage um, and this is what we are commanded to do. So in 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 16, it says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. <clears throat> now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, and we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. Because for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Um, so that verse says that, you know, Jesus is really, he doesn't walk here on the earth anymore. We are here. We are his messengers. Um, the verse literally says we are his ambassadors. If, you've, if you don't think that you're that great or that cool, you can know that you're an ambassador. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, so I would encourage you to step into your role as an ambassador in this next year. Um, I encourage you to take the next few days before 2020 and um, just ask God what he wants you to do. Ask God who he wants you to reach out to and um, what he wants you to do this year. Um, and go to the next one. Um, Global Ventures is doing its own challenge this year, and one of the things that we're... Um, pointing out is that we want 300 team members to go out with us and right now we're a little bit over our halfway goal and um, you know I would love to see a bunch of you on a trip with us one day I know that it's in a lot of your hearts to go and um, I would just I would love it so if you um, if you want to we have I know we have brochures on that back table that they um, there's applications applications in the back of them you can also easily sign up online um, and uh, we're going to we go the, to the next one we're going to Peru in June we're going to Ecuador in June and then uh, you could also sign up to go to both of those trips in one we're also going to Albania and Thailand um, those are in July and Thailand's in November um, yes and I would love for a lot of you to go on those trips with me um, and uh Pastor Eric has also given me permission to share with you about how much um, or how you can get involved in these trips um, with me personally. Uh, so I'm going to be going on all four of these trips. I, I fully believe that I'm supposed to go on all four of these trips. Um, 
And I'm even going to be doing a pre-trip, which is where we set up the schools that we're going to be ministering and everything. Um, I'm going on a pre-trip to Peru and Ecuador. And for Thailand, I'll do the pre-trip and also a post-trip. So after our ministry week, we get to stay longer and um, start discipling the new believers, and we get to teach the local church there how to disciple people. So that way there's, there's somewhere for the new believers to go after we leave. Um, will you go to the next slide? So my cost for the next year's trips is $15,850. And I know um, that can seem like a, a big number, um, but I know that it's possible. Um, this year alone, um, you know, all my trips together were over $12,000. And at first, I didn't know how that was going to be possible. Like, it seemed like a huge number, um, especially because, you know, I'm, I'm only a, or I'm working as a waitress, and you don't get that much money from working as a waitress, um, along with all the other bills that I'm also paying. Um, but um, God has blown my mind with the provision this year. Um, yeah, praise God. Um, I couldn't have done this. All these salvations wouldn't have been possible without people like you who have given to my trips, um, for real. I'm so thankful to God for even allowing me to do what I'm doing right now. Um, it's when, I'm, when I'm overseas, and, and even just in Oklahoma, preparing to go overseas, um, like there's just a, a joy in my heart, and uh, I know I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. So, um, you know, this this next year is my last year for my internship. Um, it actually ends in September, and I plan to apply to be um, part of the lead team for Global Ventures. I know that I'm supposed to stay in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, be a part of this ministry because. They're, they're doing exactly what God has called me to do. So, um, you know, it's my goal eventually, um, actually by uh, the end of next year, to be fully funded. I believe that that can happen. And, uh, and that's going to happen by a monthly partnership. Um, I believe that there's people in this church who are willing to give, or maybe you're not willing right now, but you will be willing to give maybe $50 or $100 a month or whatever God is putting on your heart to give. Um, and with monthly partnership, that helps me be able to hit the deadlines on time um, because you know we can't just buy the plane tickets right before the trip happens. We have to buy those in advance. So um, you know, I want to ask you to think about monthly partnership um, it's so easy to do it. Um, you can, uh, I mean, you can go on the website or globalventures.tv slash give. Um, and uh, will you go to the next slide? Uh, yeah. So you'll go to globalventures.tv slash give, click support a team member, and um, you'll type my name in the memo line, and there's an option for you to set up monthly giving. Um, if you'd rather do it a different way, you can let me know. But if you give through uh, Global Ventures, you'll get a tax um, tax receipt, and I know that's a bonus. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just wanted to give you this opportunity to be a part of my team. Um, you know, many of you already are a part of my team. Many of you already support me. And, um, again, I just want to say thank you for that. Um, it means a lot. And just like Pastor Eric said, you, you have a part in um, your reward is the same as me for going. Um, your giving would not, I mean, your, me going would not be possible without you giving. And um, I'm just so thankful for you. I'm going to pray again real quick, and then I'll be finished. Um, God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for Pastors Eric and Michelle I uh, thank you for so many people in this church who have been a vital part of me um, growing up in you and uh, been a vital part of me even doing what I am doing right now. Um, God, I thank you that I pray that this message uh, sinks deep into people's hearts today. And um, I just, you know, I told everyone here that I see 
2020 being a year for Christians to rise up and to realize who they are in you. And um, I see us uh, rising above just mediocre Christianity. Um, God, I pray that our our normal is like Jesus. Um, God, I pray that we, we make that verse our own, that we're going to do even greater works. God, I thank you that this year, um, for the people who are, who are here right now or watching online, I thank you that this next year we're going to do uh, works like you, but even greater works than what Jesus did while he was on the earth. Um, and I'm not just saying that to say it, but that's what the Bible says. So I thank you, God. Everything in the Bible is true. I thank you that this year is going to be amazing. It's going to be filled with you. Um, I thank you, Father, for uh, other ministries that are represented in this church. Thank you for um, uh, Michelle Franklin and uh, Mr. Jamie's ministry. Thank you for everything you provided for them. I thank you for even more box trucks right now. God, I thank you for uh, just more help for them, too. I thank you that you have certain people who are uh, leaders who you want to send you want to send them to them. I thank you, God, for those leaders. Um, God, I just uh, I want to thank you again for this church, and um, thank you for the leaders who are here. Thank you for Pastors Eric and Michelle, and um, I thank you that that both of them have a long life ahead of them. I thank you for uh, God. I just um, you know I love them both of them so much, and I know that you do too. So I thank you, God, for the plans that you have for them, for the plans you have for this church. And um, I just speak life and healing to both of them right now. I thank you for giving them strength in that uh, 2020 is a year. Uh, it's just going to be a, a year of um, change. Thank you for change in, the, in Pastor Eric's body and change in, um, change in the church, too. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, she's a hard act to follow. <clears throat> you know, this all starts at home, but <clears throat> out of the point she was making about, one of the points was, I'm not qualified. And, uh, but you know, there's never, there's not a scripture that says, uh, give me your head. Or give me your degree. Or give me your talents. He says, give me your heart. And a lot of times, <clears throat> I think it was Kenyon wrote a book, uh, E.W. Kenyon years ago, about uh, he likened us to being signpost. We're not the message, but we're just the one who points to it. Uh, most of you who live around here, how many, how many think you could give directions to McDonald's or Jackson here? How many think you're qualified to do that? Right, it wouldn't be that hard, right? <clears throat> so we're not that we're not McDonald's, we're not Jacks, we're not the establishment, but we certainly could give directions to where they want to go. So you don't have to know the whole Bible. The disciples didn't know all the Bible. Actually, Jesus, uh, the way he actually trained them was he he taught them. He said, "Now go give that out." They would come back and learn some more, we, and we know that because Paul wasn't there, was he? He was actually Saul of Tarsus before he, uh, before you. Uh, became Paul through his conversion, and he wasn't there, but he had a personal revelation that the disciples didn't have because it wasn't time for Jesus to reveal that. And so Peter actually said, listening to Paul, who wasn't there with the original disciples, they said, uh, Peter said, you know, Paul preaches some things that's hard to understand. And what Paul was preaching was who we are, who we are in Christ. It's Christ on the inside. He wasn't there to be with the physical Christ on the earth. Paul wasn't, as Peter was. But, but uh, Paul had a, a revelation that he said, no man taught me this but Christ himself. So actually what we become is signpost. And we're just pointing to. And certainly we can give directions, so we're all qualified to do that. And uh, so thank you for sharing uh, with us. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and it's... Uh, today and I'm thinking about it all starts at home you know with our families uh, only really the church can support that beyond that in the sense of uh, building upon that you know with families so uh, 
in Emily's case, you know, she's been here all of her life, and so there was a few years she was in the nursery, and uh, she was eating cheese zits and uh, crackers and watching uh, whatever she's watching. We, we've never treated uh, the nursery as uh, just a play place. Um, they've been taught all through, uh, you know, from the play, you know, to place the least they could comprehend. I mean, if there's nothing, they're just taking the Bible in the uh, nursery and they would just hold the Bible and sometimes they'd put it to the chick and say, love the Bible, love the Bible. Couldn't read, but just put a love for that. And then all through children's church, you know, of uh, different ones ministering um, in children's church teaching. And so none of us ever got where we were by ourselves. I don't, I know I didn't. I don't think you did either. So it took all that. Um, from my own experience, um, as far as going to Bible school 27 years ago, uh, I know a lot of times people had good intentions. And I remember people pulling me off the summer of 90, 1992, which is, uh, I know, a long time ago for some of y'all. Uh, but uh, but uh, people would pull me off the side and say, well, I want you to know that we're going to support you every month and, and, you, and, you, and we'll not forget you. Not one of those persons ever did anything the whole time I was in Bible school. And then, you know, I'm, I'm there by faith. I mean, I left with three children, came back with four, and it's 1992, but the figure is so you're not there to earn a professional income when you're going to school half a day. You're looking for a job afterward, just might be in a mall or something like that. So uh, I found a job that paid almost $7 an hour. Woo! <clears throat> that was gr- gross before, you know, that wasn't the net, and it was... It's pretty gross. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the just shall live by faith. And, um, but it's, it, it's, good to, it's good that we that we're get involved. So I know how these work. Sometimes we get busy and we got all these things of our own and we mean to do well. And so um, um, we appreciate him giving us many ways. You can go on the website. Uh, you can do something personally. Um, this is just a suggestion what I would like to do. Um, I will get with her on her deadlines because uh, I think you already know since you said this, but uh, they have to have deadlines because they have to purchase tickets and supplies ahead of time. So uh, they have to have their money in for that trip before that trip. They can't wait to the last minute to make purchases. So I'll get with her on the dead, the deadlines, and uh, what we'll do, you don't have to do it this way, but if you want to get involved, uh, before every one of those deadlines, uh, we will receive a, a offering and we'll send it directly to you. And that way, I mean, you, you, could get, you can get uh, accredited for your giving uh, through Global Adventures, uh, but you can just do it here through the church, and then you don't have to go online if you don't want to. And, and you know, I still have people say, what's online? I'm thinking, see, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if they're here, so... If, if that helps, we'll do that. So I'll just need your deadlines, you know, for 2020. And then uh, if they want to get involved that way, we'll do that. Because um, um, that looks like a lot of money, but really it's just not. It's, it's hard to even get a, good, a decent used truck for that price. Um, really. Even my, my truck is worth more than that. I think it is, if I don't wreck it again. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I have two little mishaps with it already. But anyway. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really not that much. And if you can, if you can minister to thousands of people uh, and, and go to four or five nations of the earth for $15,000, we ought to do that. We, we, we ought to do that. Some say, well, I don't have that kind of finances. Well, that's not what the Scripture said. The, the Scripture said that he would minister seed to the sower. He would minister seed. That means I don't have the seed. But if you're going to be a sower, I'll minister seed to you. Or I could say it this way. When I was a kid on, on Friday, I said, can, Mama, can I go to the skating rink? You know, when I was 10, I didn't have a job. Well, I did have a job, actually. So I started at 10. So it was like a buck 75. And then I needed a few quarters because uh, I had to ask some girl to dance, you know, during the time. During, you know, you, you, know, you got to have some quarters because... I was really there looking for a woman, actually, what I was doing. Or, you know, so, 
so she ministered seed to the to the one to the goer that I didn't have. So he said, "I'll minister seed to the sower." So if you're if you're going to sow, you purpose in your heart to sow. God will make sure that He puts seed in in your hand to do it. Y'all believe that? Amen. So thank you for sharing with us your your heart, which is so evident. Um, and it's just uh, we just we we love and appreciate you. We're very. Uh, uh, very proud of Emily and all that uh, God has called her to do and how she's doing it. You make Jesus look really good, girl. Really good. Amen. Um, seven things. Um, we should be through within a couple hours, so I'll just go these seven things. Now it's next girl again. Uh, we, we just had Steve Sampson, what, a couple weeks ago, uh, right before Thanksgiving. And uh, he's, uh, uh, his ministry, of course, is very prophetical. He's traveled the world for 45 years. And he ministered to a number of you while he was here. Uh, you may have saw this. He, he put it out for 2020. Seven things. He said, uh, the way he put it, he says, uh, 20 things the Lord showed me, what I believe uh, we will see for 2020 in the lives of believers. Number one, uh, the one thing he said he saw was uh, gaining ground. He said, 2020 will be a year of advancing. Believers will sense the Lord ordering and directing their steps with the security of knowing that they are being led by the Lord. Expect to ins- uh, experience increase in every area of your life. Number two, he said, the Lord told him, he says, uh, quick healing. 2020 will be a year of quick healing, both physical and emotional. God is going to give many victories in this area with people who have struggled with manifestations of healing. He will give keys and breakthroughs as you seek him. Number three, 2020 will be a quick work. He's going to do a quick work in the lives of those who are following him. He will finish the work, and he'll cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth, Romans 9.28. He said, expect the Lord to bring you to the other side of your personal struggles into a greater maturity. He will use you in greater ways and anticipate divine appointments as he uses you a greater uh, as he uses you with a greater influence on others. Number four, acceleration. 2020 will be a speeding up. It'll be acceleration in many areas of the lives of believers. If you feel like you've been swimming through peanut butter, crunchy peanut butter, didn't even crunch up the peanuts. <laughs> if you feel like you've been swimming through peanut butter, Be ready for a change. Things that have seemed so slow are are going to be quickly resolved, and your personal life is going to advance. Number five, restoration. 2020 will be a year of great restoration in relationships and areas where you've suffered losses. God promises to restore the years. He said, I'll restore the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, and the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you, which is Joel 2.25, uh, 6, and then number 7. Unusual blessings. Anybody want an unusual blessing? 2020. He said, this excites me. As I prayed, the Lord gave me a picture of icing on the cake. In other words, extraordinary and unusual gifts from God. Things out of the blue, unexpected, and unanticipated. I claim that one. How about you? Lastly, satisfaction and gratification. 2020 will end with you being satisfied with what the Holy Spirit has done in your life. The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it, Proverbs 22. And uh, so that's the seven things that, that he shared uh, this week, the, what he saw of 2020. So um, recap, gaining ground, quick healing, quick work, acceleration, restoration, unusual blessings, satisfaction and gratification, and no more swimming in peanut butter. Hallelujah. Well, God's good. We bless you, and uh, we'll see you next year, right? So have a happy uh, New Year when it comes in. Um, y'all going to stay up and watch it come in? Keith, I'm not either. I, I quit doing that years ago. <laughs> I, I did it for years, and I realized, you know, the next day I just said, I'm tired. <laughs> So just just tape it anyway. Uh, but we'll be back, uh, uh, of course, Sunday. Then once again, the next Wednesday, we'll resume service on the what, 8th. 
and we'll have a, a few minutes in here, and then we'll celebrate our, our January birthdays. God bless you. Have a big day, and uh, look forward to seeing you next year again.